Welcome back to Poison for Profits. My name is Zach. And I'm Nick. And we've got a great episode today. Nick is going over part two of his series on greenwashing. I don't know if you'd really call this corporate greenwashing in this episode, Nick, but it is greenwashing nonetheless. We'll talk about a few corporates that are uh, getting their fingers in this pot for sure. And so it definitely is in the ballpark. Thank you for that intro, Zach. So yeah, today we're going to be talking about the greenwashing of the word biodegradable. So wanted to just start off with a quick definition of the word biodegradable. It's uh, of a substance or object capable of being decomposed by bacteria or other living organisms. And then another buzzword we're going to talk about tonight is compostable. Uh, they kind of go hand in hand. Some people think they're the same thing, not exactly the same thing, but uh, with compostable, it is being able to be composted. And so what that means is it is able to be decayed into organic material used as plant fertilizer. So where's this push for biodegradable coming from? I'm sure as most people know, there's a huge plastic pollution and litter problem. Uh, 14 million tons of plastic are ending up in the ocean every year. Pretty crazy numbers, wouldn't you say, Zach? I would say uh, 14 million. I wonder like what percent that is of all. Pl- I mean, probably it's like of- all of it. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. And it's got to be like certain regions have more than other regions, right? Uh, right. Obviously. But, but 14 million tons is, yeah, quite a lot. Exactly. And I always think about that exact same thing where it's like, oh, well, yeah, that's going in the ocean. I mean, I don't or I used to not live by the ocean. That's not my fault. <laughs> uh, I'm not throwing my plastic in the ocean. Now I do live by the ocean, so it is my fault. Uh, but I also found this uh, pretty interesting fact that 50 billion pieces of litter end up along or they're estimating 50 billion pieces of litter are along our roadways and waterways. So that calculates out to 152 pieces for each U.S. resident. Pretty staggering numbers, I would lot. say. Wow. Yeah, and that's just in the U.S. So, like, I'm sure the European countries are a little bit better than us because we're yeah, they're probably quite a lot wasteful better. country. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but with this, I mean, I don't know about you, but I have obviously tried my best. You know, I try and reduce the amount of waste I use. Uh, try and reuse like Tupperwares as I can take the renewable or reusable grocery bags to the store. And I found myself recently looking at products and they say they're biodegradable or compostable. I'm buying these products thinking, Oh, this is good. I'm, you know, even if, you know, somehow on the way to the, the dump or to the transfer station, this flies out of the, the truck. It's, it's all right. It's going to decompose or biodegrade, compost into our environment. 
Uh, I don't know if you've had a similar experience, Zach. I, I, I work in an industry where there's like a lot of waste and a lot of <laughs> stuff does make its way, unfortunately, to the landfill. And it is mm-hmm. noticeable sometimes that it doesn't get too far from the facility before it comes off the truck. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, a problem for sure. It is a big problem. Um, and then again, with like plastic pollution or recycling of plastic. They estimate like 10% of it's actually being recycled just either based on the quality of the material or condition of it. So that's where I think a lot of this push is coming from. Um, And then I was just also going to kind of mention, have you seen like the at the store, they have like the potatoes that are in a bag and it says this bag is made out of potato. (laughs) I haven't seen that. They're like, Yeah. yeah, they're like these products that they part of it is made out of an organic material. And then it says that organic material. Uh, and we're going to kind of get into why that's not still a good thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> so unfortunately, as I've found through this research, it doesn't really seem like biodegradable is at least what it's all chalked up to be in the, the sense of those definitions that I've read to us earlier. I mean, mm-hmm. wouldn't you assume uh, that, if it's biodegradable or compostable, you can just chuck it out your car window and it'll degrade in that ditch. It's still not the right thing to do, but you would think that, right? Yeah. I, when I think of biodegradable, I think that it like at, at some point in the near future, it's basically if you throw it outside on the ground, it becomes indistinguishable mm-hmm. from the rest of the soil or whatever. Yeah. Right. And unfortunately, from what I've found that, is not the case. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to get into that. Uh, so this has actually kind of been a big push by a organization that goes by BPI, not BP, Zach. I know you're a little uh, gun shy from our last <laughs> yeah, yeah. series episode. They were going into every single corner of the greenwashing market. <laughs> But uh, BPI is the Biodegradable Products Institute. So they will go ahead and certify products as compostable, not biodegradable, because in their own words, everything is technically biodegradable, but not compostable. The big thing that I've found by going into this company, all of their certification is for is to make these products registered as compostable. But then as you look at the fine print, they are only compostable industrially. So you have to take it to a special facility that is equipped to actually deal with this product. A special so, process that isn't accessible to households, it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is a special process. Uh, if you put these products into your personal compost, they don't decompose. Right. They need extremely... Uh, like perfect temperature they might even need pressure a lot of different things to actually get them to compost uh so zach if you want to pull up that picture i sent you earlier i also just thought this was pretty interesting with how they're representing their logo so if you look the biggest thing you see on this cup besides the company name fresh start market eatery Uh is compostable Right. The word compostable. 
So this is the logo by BPI. They are going, the first thing besides whatever brand you're seeing that you see is compostable. So every consumer, me, you, I, I would look at this and think, oh, I can throw this in my compost bin. I can turn this into soil and it'll be completely fine. However, that is not the case. This is then if, if you can just barely see it in the bottom left there, Zach, it says commercially compostable only. And then they even go further to say facilities may not exist in your area. <laughs> <laughs> so as good as the word compostable is, they just completely tear any, like, I don't know, any traditional meaning away by saying that it's commercially compostable only and then to go even further that you're not even probably able to have one of those facilities in your area. Right. It's almost, I just think this is, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. It's like facilities may not exist in your area is like, it just tells me that like this likely will not be composted. Right. Right. That, not to say like, I don't something, something about it, you know, having to send it in or something. It's just like, yeah, we might not, this this technology might not even exist where you are. Right. It's like, so, okay. <laughs> so it's, it's just litter at that point. And I think like I just, just this, the whole design of this, putting it in fine print or anything like that, right? People don't read fine print very often. Right? Exactly. Um, so the chances like, Somebody goes out of their way to buy this because it's compostable or, or, you know, just use this as a, as a method of container and then figuring out what they actually have to do to make sure it's composted. It likely will not be composted in my mind, at least. Uh, I 100% agree. And I just think this is complete greenwashing too, because like we said, like you said, the first thing that your eyes are drawn to is the word compostable. And then from there on, it's maybe, I don't know, 50%. If that will go down and read the rest that actually says, oh, this is only industrial compostable. Yeah. Um, I just think this is completely misleading of the consumer. And it, I, al I, it almost seems like it would, it's possible that it would result in more litter if somebody thinks their their cup is compostable but they don't read the fine print they might feel like it's okay to just throw it into a ditch right right and like hopefully someone that is <laughs> uh you know environmentally conscious to buy a product that is this way isn't doing that but i mean if you go to a coffee shop and they give you a coffee cup that has this on it you know maybe you are that guy that throws your coffee cup out the window and this might yeah. give you just that more justification to do it. Like, yeah, like it probably might. I mean, <laughs> people who don't do that normally probably wouldn't do it because of this, but like, <laughs> but it definitely makes it seem like it's more, it would be more acceptable to do that with this kind of product, right? Just the way it's marketed. Exactly. And I, I just think I, I it needs to, I think something that would be much more accurate representation of what they're doing or what the product is would be industrial compostable. If they just put that instead right. of it in a fine print, that's hiding what it truly is. Um, 
And it just, I, I, I don't know. It doesn't sit well with me. I, I went even to the store to do some research on this kind of stuff. Cause I was like, well, I wonder what this stuff looks like in the wild and like uh, at the grocery store, mm-hmm. the, the packages at the store look exactly the same. The first thing you see is compostable or some even say biodegradable. I don't think they're certified by BPI, but some do say biodegradable. And it just really leads to the fact it's like, well, yeah, everything's biodegradable. It'll take thousands of years (laughs) or, or this is only industrial compostable, but it doesn't say that in the big print, which no one reads then the small print. So it's just, this is getting pretty widespread, at least from in my area. I've seen it quite a bit. I'd be interested to see if some people listening have also seen this near them um, and seen products that say the same thing. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's, don't get me wrong. This, like, it's good that this technology exists for things like, I guess, single use plastic, right? Is what it, yep. is what it really is meant for. But, like it needs to be totally honest about the process it takes to do that so that people know what they have to do to make sure it's composted. Right. Um, exactly. Cause when you don't make it totally obvious to somebody, chances are they won't know to do that and it won't happen. Yeah, exactly. It's, you have to at least tell the people what, <laughs> what's going on so they can make proper choice yeah and putting Um, like a a tiny little disclaimer that's the most you know generalized wording you can use (laughs) right not much of a help so bpi i think does kind of understand that this is a problem Um, i'm sure they've gotten some pushback from people like me or you Uh, so they are looking into another certification for home compostable products the only thing is, is on their website, they said they were going to have that figured out by 2022 and there's no update as of March, 2023. So not quite sure what's going on with that. And even so with the home compostable plastics uh, or home compostable items in general, I found an article by the guardian that found 60% of those failed to decompose after six months, which is the typical time, uh, you would expect something to compost by. It just really leads to the question of like, even if these are item, these basically plastic replacements are home compostable or, compo- by, or just compo- industrial compostable, are they even able to decompose? And like, who is regulating this, right? Who is making sure that these companies are going through the proper checks and balances. Uh Another thing that BPI uh, is adding to their regulations for their biodegradable or compostable products is they are regulating organic fluorine uh, from their products, which is also known as one of our other good friends, Zach, PFAS. So when I first read that, I was like, oh, that's pretty good, right? It Uh sounds... Sounds like a good thing Um, until I actually read what the regulation is. (laughs) And I was like, wait a minute, these numbers aren't adding up. So firstly, they said there can be no intentionally added fluorinated chemicals. So don't add those intentionally. (laughs) And then, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) So it's okay. 
never mind. I guess like that makes sense, but like there should be some verification process that it doesn't have any at all, right? So don't worry. Next. That's the next part of it is there is a test that they must pass showing less than 100 parts per million total organic fluorine. So sounds good, but then when you look at the EPA health advisory levels, about, this is for water, uh, not in a product, but I think it's still probably a similar. For PFOA, it's 0.004 parts per trillion, and PFOS is 0.02 parts per trillion. Yeah, so that's about so, what, uh, <laughs> 10... A hundred thousand times more than, than, yeah, than what's than allowed in your drinking water. water. Yeah. Which obviously we're not comparing apples to apples here, but yeah. I mean, seriously, it's if it's that much for soil, this is like something that's certified to turn into soil basically. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not sure what to think of this uh, BPI company. Uh, I don't want to rag on them too much because there's not many companies actually certifying this thing, which is the biodegradable compostable. I feel like they're trying, but it seems like they're just falling short to me uh, uh, and kind of doing a disservice to their consumers by not putting that industrial compostable instead of compostable and then making extra it, small fine yeah. print industrial. <laughs> making it painfully obvious, like right spelling it out that you can't just throw this away at home or or in yeah wherever um yeah that pfas number the limit their their certification limit is definitely odd to me that's what i felt like i was like okay so you guys picked the number one buzzword right now and added a limit but the limit is it's like astronomical compared to what right. is tolerated by the EPA, which the EPA and tolerates like, a lot. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, that's that's what I was saying. Like I was gonna say that too. It's like this is the EPA limit. Yeah. We know how how much they love regulations. Yeah, that's. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, like it's it's technology you want to encourage like you don't want mm -hmm. these single-use plastics that literally never uh i guess well you know every you say everything's biodegradable but like thousands of years from now right um but because you want like to to reduce the amount that we put in landfills and amount that stays in the environment but yeah, I mean, this is definitely a good technology. I'm just skeptical of, of yeah, the way they market themselves and what their capabilities are, along with what they're allowing to be put into these materials and then certify them. Yeah. Let's take our quick intermission, Zach. Oh, uh, hell yeah. A new, a new little segment to break up all of the science talk, the the political debate. The <laughs> Have some fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Zach and I usually have something to drink. Uh, alcoholic, non-alcoholic, who knows what. So, t tonight we're going to just uh, do a little, uh, what are you sipping on? So, Zach, what are you sipping on? I'm sipping on 
a Glenfiddich single malt, Ooh. 12, 12 year malt, uh, scotch. Very fancy. I'm trying to become a scotch guy, I'll be honest. I'm trying to uh, develop some sort of, you know, sophistication (laughs) (laughs) to my vibe. So far, you know, I feel like I'm doing an okay job at it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Glenn Fish, isn't that pretty fancy stuff? It's not. Um, no, okay. <laughs> it shows how sophisticated and fancy. Well, I it's am. it's not Lagavulin or anything like that. That's the one I was yeah. thinking of. Okay, I think Glenfiddich is like the original single malt Scotch. They kind of kicked off the the trend of because I I guess a, a lot of historically Scotch is blended, so it's like mm. not one single batch that ferments or whatever it does i don't see this is like where i'm <laughs> way in over my head with me describing this <laughs> but uh usually they like blend together a bunch of different batches but this is the opposite of that it's nice uh it's my first single it's like my first bottle of <laughs> single malt scotch <laughs> but um it's not too bad not too harsh like can we get a rating out of uh uh, what do you want to do? Five or ten? Let's let's do five. I don't have much to compare it to. I mean, just based on all the alcohol I've drunk in my life, um, you know, high school through now, <laughs> I would say <laughs> I'd give it a solid four, four and a half, Ooh. maybe. I have not drank very much, you know high-end liquor <laughs> at all <laughs> mostly you know through my life it's come in a plastic bottle um but not the same yeah, <laughs> i'm trying to move past that stage in my life so yeah well you're trying to move that past that stage i am still on the the bum stage i am drinking a wonderful miller high life tonight you know what that's a classic it is. It's 12 ounces, you know. What that's, more do you ask for? That's timeless. Uh 4.6% alcohol, you know. This is this is this is a gem right here. See if it was um, if it was, you know, bush light or <laughs> natural light or even bud light, I would, you know, I'd be like, "Yeah, let's step your game up." But <laughs> I life, I don't see a problem with that. Bushlight makes me think of uh, my cousin has a club that he started in his hometown called the Bushlight Club. And you had to, to join. You had to drink a Bushlight out of the can without shotgunning it in eight seconds. Wow. How do you even do that? You got to suck you it down? You just like smash the can <laughs> as you're drinking it. Can't even get all of it. I was a card carrying member for a little bit. So. Oh, really? Wow. So you did it. Yes. Damn. Um, the only other thing I wanted to bring up about my drink of the day, Miller proudly puts that this is recyclable aluminum on my can. Beautiful. We got to rinse it out <laughs> first. Make sure you rinse that out. Yeah, I'll have to rinse and take it to the the redemption center in town. There you go. <laughs> no need for uh, a compostable label on that one. <laughs> yeah, this is not compostable. At least not BPI certified compostable. <laughs> right. Uh.
was a nice little break, but we're going to get back into it. Uh, we're going to talk quickly about, uh, we've talked about it a little bit now, getting into it's hard not to talk about the problem with biodegradable. Uh, most of these products do not degrade or take years to degrade. So we kind of touched on that earlier. Um, if they're not properly handled, not properly taken to the facility that they need to be, it's just going to persist in an environment. So if these products are still persisting in the environment for years, it's part of the problems, not really part of the solution at all. And then I just also kind of wanted to get into some of the different types of these products. There is compostable plastics, bioplastics, and oxodegradable plastics. So compostable plastics are I think what BPI is mostly certifying, they require a strict control of environmental factors. So the temperature, pressure, and nutrient concentration uh, to actually compost. So these are like those, why it's labeled industrial compostable. So again, not really part of the solution there. Uh, if it's not properly taken care of, it's just another plastic in my mind. Mm -hmm. I agree. And so then going on to bioplastics, again, bioplastics sounds pretty good. I believe that's kind of like what I was talking with you earlier, Zach, the, the potato bags. Yeah. I know you're going to see one now. Yeah, I'm going to be looking out now. Uh, so this basically is a plastic that's made with biological polymers. It sounds bi biodegradable. Not all of them are. Uh, it's just a, a fancy term that they have. And then the oxo degradable plastics one, well, These hold ones on. are, i just wanted yeah. to does that mean it's n not made with like petroleum no or, okay it, it, it doesn't it they still can be made with petroleum um it just means that they've added something that is biological to the plastic okay uh, so as like a polymer so to bind the product together so it might not even like have a smaller carbon footprint i would assume not okay uh it's probably like sadly it's probably even higher because it's a specialized process i mean because then you're farming the whatever biological uh product it is so let's just say it is potato uh you're farming that potato then to make it into a plastic bag or whatever it is and then still using the petroleum Right. Uh, I would assume that's maybe higher carbon for a put. Yeah, it might be even, even more resource intensive. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, it's, I'm sure you kind of would maybe know a little bit more, but I'm guessing a specialized uh, product like that probably takes a little bit more manufacturing time. Um, maybe not, though. It may. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of different processes of manufacturing, but just a thought yeah and then the last one is i think probably the worst is the oxo degradable plastics so these are simply plastics with additives that accelerate the oxidation process to help them biodegrade and i say that in quotes because all it's doing is breaking it down into microplastics and it still leaves those plastics behind mm -hmm. it's not actually any better for the planet uh i mean we all have heard how bad microplastics are how uh you know prolific they are throughout our environment uh and in the oceans and everything like that 
Yeah, I think microplastics are probably more dangerous than a big giant chunk of plastic. Right. Because, I mean, you can pick up that piece of plastic and yeah, get it to a proper disposal. The microplastics you have to like, filter. Yeah, inhale it into your lungs. <laughs> right. So, yeah, the, I just wanted to talk about those because, it, again, these can be these biodegradable products. I don't think that, I mean, when I went and bought, you know, biodegradable forks, for example, I fully thought it was, I don't know like bamboo or potatoes. I didn't think yeah. that there's still plastic in it or part of it or, oh, this still needs a specific set of environmental factors to break down. Uh, and it just kind of really opened my eyes. It's like, ah, oh, geez, so these aren't even really any better unless they're fully made out of, uh, you know, that that yeah. organic material. And truthfully, it seems like a lot of them are not. I had noticed the like silverware, right, or or the yeah cutlery um, that they claim is compostable. That a lot of I don't know if, if like Starbucks Starbucks uses Starbucks like has them. Yeah, yeah. So and it never really. I mean, I always thought kind of like you did that that it would be you know actually like, compostable actually biodegradable yeah like oh i'll take this home and bury it in my backyard and yeah. it'll just go to dirt but it's yeah. just not the case and it, it seems like they're even leaving behind uh you know plastic yeah. as well and then i also wanted to get into these composting facilities uh as bpi mentioned they may not be available in your area so i kind of wanted to do a little research and just see like how widely available are these facilities uh, so I focused on the U.S. Sorry for our listeners in Belgium. We see you on the infographs. Belgium. <laughs> we got France. France. Uh, India, Mexico. Doesn't relate to any of you. We apologize. Yeah, but I'm sure at least maybe some of them it's similar. Um, but there's approximately 946 composting facilities in the U.S., which sounds good on the face level. Um, unfortunately, 519 of those are for only green waste, which is also some people refer to as yard waste. So that's half your facilities gone right there. Uh -huh. um, 233 of those are for food waste only, which there's another quarter of your facilities there. Um, and then 107 of them will take all compostable products, including bioplastics. So that's 10% of your facilities. Most of these are in your major cities. So mm -hmm. New York has them, uh, Boston has them, uh, Atlanta. And then the rest, there's 42 food waste for residential food waste only. And then there's 20 for pre-consumer food waste and 16 for compostable products residential only so very i don't know you might get lucky and have one of these facilities near you but it might not be the one that'll take these bioplastics yeah. these forks i mean there's only 107 of them in the u.s it's not a lot that's like um, just over two per state right and yeah and it's not and it's, equally divided <laughs> yeah. and it, yeah if you look at the the midwest and like Wyoming, Montana, there's like zero, yeah. uh, which there are far fewer people there. However, they're still creating waste. Um, and then I also just was like, well, let's see, you know, maybe 
like I'm just curious what what is it like if I were to actually go for one of these companies so I looked up the closest one to me that would take all compostable products including bioplastics uh, so it ended up coming to a total of $20 a month I would have to pay. However, they don't serve my area. So I'd be, I guess, taking my waste to them. Uh, and it'd have to be obviously very much made sure it's all the compostable products. Like Zach said, you kind of got to rinse the stuff off, clean it up a little bit. So, I mean, I don't know. Most people probably aren't going to want to spend another $20 on compostable products that they have to specially compost. Uh, I just think it's unfortunate. Like, I think that's a great thing. I'd gladly do it, but for $20 a month and I maybe can put a couple forks in there. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I just don't know. I wish it would just be, these are home compostable. I can throw them in my compost bin behind my place and all of a sudden I'll have some nice fertilizer. Maybe someday, yeah, but like, but yeah, like you said, it's it's almost inconvenient and costly at this point for for how it much, really is for how much of this plastic exists and you actually probably use not right. only in a month but like in your entire life, right? Uh, right. I don't know if it'd be worth twenty dollars a month. Yeah, it just it it's one of those things. Like, I mean, people have tight budgets and. I mean, like at the place I rent, I have trash included. They don't include recycling or obviously not composting either. A lot of people aren't going to make that $20 leap. Um, so, yeah, not only are these compost facilities kind of few and far between, you have to pay. Uh, without these facilities, the products are just going to end up in landfills, roadways, waterways, which... It's, again, the same thing then as a normal piece of litter, normal piece of trash. It's biodegraded. If it biodegrades at all, it biodegrades into plastic. And then another huge problem that these composting facilities are running into already, even though there's not that many of them, and I don't think a lot of people are doing this, they are having trouble keeping up with the demand because these products still take three to six months to decompose if properly handled at the facility. So it's not like you take it there in a week, it decomposes. It's still three to six months. They're holding on to all this trash. So we're still generating an extreme amount of trash that takes now three to six months to properly decompose. Uh, So that's just going to hit a, be a huge bottleneck. I would think, uh, with like these facilities not accepting then waste for a day or something. And then people are going to improperly dispose of it because they need to get rid of their trash. Yeah. So I then also found a study I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, It was done by Tel Aviv university in 2020. They did a study to see uh, the impact on these bioplastics And they were found to be just as harmful as traditional plastics if they get into the ocean to marine uh, animals. So again, just kind of reinforcing these really weren't the answer. Uh, Needs to be, uh, you know, a true biodegradation or composting. Like a substitution of (laughs) non-plastic, yeah. (laughs) Right. 
and then obviously it's like, well, what is what is happening then? Like, who is taking care of this? Because this is a pretty big issue. I saw tons of articles. Uh, I saw tea bags in Tesco that said they claimed to be biodegradable and they were persisting in soil for over a year forks all the same they're they're just not biodegrading uh so the eu is currently looking to crack down on greenwashing with penalties i i just think this is how are they ever going to enforce it and a penalty doesn't really do a whole lot to a big company after they've sold millions of products they're they'll gladly pay the penalty uh, yeah and then and I guess, like, how do you judge what greenwashing is also? Like, we have a good idea of what greenwashing is because right. we have our own expectations of what, like, companies say they do and then what they actually do. Um, but that's that's kind of up to their own, like, everybody's own judgment of are they actually being misleading or not, like 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 we talked about before like bp right they had their yep. their sustainability report and they said they were going to do this and then the next week they turned around and said they actually weren't going to do that right um you can call like can can you from a regulatory standpoint a legal standpoint we can call it greenwashing because we believe it they're misleading people but when you try to file some sort of regulatory action against that. Is there a way for them to kind of weasel out of it? You know, like, no, we were very clear both times. It's just that our policy changed. Right. Right. We didn't mislead anybody on what our intentions were because you can't prove that. But I guess we'll see. Right. The EU might be different also. Right. And they usually, the EU and the UK, they usually are ahead of us, I would say, in this kind of thing. So maybe they can uh, lead us a good example. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's very hard to, like you said, to actually prove that they're doing this on purpose. Um, same thing kind of going on with the UK. There, there's currently no specific anti-greenwashing legislation. However, businesses falsely advertising products as green or sustainable may be caught by existing laws, including misrepresentation or consumer protection laws, which prevent false advertising. Again, I don't know much about UK, but I doubt that they are going around and like, all right, give me your product. We're going to bury it in soil and see if it degrades. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how or like, you know, are they actually putting out this product is sustainable or green based on this? I just don't know how they're truly going to prevent this. Yeah. Um, and then in the U.S., good old U.S. of A., we already have. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Zach. It's called the Green Guides, which is. Uh, designed to help marketers avoid making environmental claims that mislead consumers. Okay. I guess I bet you can't guess who wrote this. Oh, you bet I can't guess who wrote this. (laughs) 
It's uh, one of our favorite agencies. I'll give you a big hint. Oh, our favorite agency is the EPA. The EPA oh, and yeah. the FTC. <laughs> FTC. Oh man, that's another one. Yeah. So again, they wrote this to help them avoid making environmental claims that mislead consumers. However, I don't believe there's anything in it about what happens if they do. Um, this was also last updated in 2012. I think a lot has changed in the environmental field since 2012, especially with uh, the science backing a lot of it. So I just don't feel like there's any anything really to trust from our our regulatory agencies that they're actually going to prevent companies from making these false claims. I would agree with that. I uh, don't have a lot of faith in uh, in the EPA when it comes to helping either, you know, helping companies actually be green or, you know, discipline when uh, when there's misleading going on. Or even if they do discipline, if it's a meaningful, uh, yeah, or impactful. That, yeah, that too. I mean, yeah, I mean, it could be a slap on the wrist. It could be totally uh, ineffective, which, you know, right. it often is in a lot of different industries for a lot of different uh, crimes, a lot of different violations. It's often not sufficient to actually change a behavior or prevent behavior in the future. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's about all I have on the biodegradation or biodegradable greenwashing. Um, I just wanted to end with a, what can you do? Because it sounds like, I don't know from what I feel after doing all this research, there's not a whole lot. <laughs> I feel like our agencies are doing for us. Uh, I just urge people not to really trust the labels right now. I have high hopes for, BPI that they will make something good that is home compostable. Uh, and I do think we have the technology to make things home compostable. I, I really do. I think that we can make uh, our packaging and just everything more sustainable for our environment. But right this minute, I really don't trust those labels. Um, and then I know this is very cliche and we've been getting it pounded into our heads since I feel like in elementary school, I remember like the litter bug coming to school, uh -huh. uh, but you have to like reduce, reuse, recycle as much as you possibly can. That's exactly what I was going to say. And I was going to say it sounds corny as hell, but it's like, yeah, that's like the only logical method of actually, you know, removing this stuff from the environment is to number one, use less number yep. two use it more often for different purposes number three make sure you know if it's disposed of it's in the most sustainable way right and i think something i kind of thought of while doing all this research at this moment it might be better to buy a piece of plastic that is <laughs> unfortunately more recyclable than something like these bioplastics that you have to take to a specialized facility. And most people, unfortunately don't have that in their area. So like, I, it, I feel so wrong saying this, but maybe go buy plastic or, 
or you know maybe you can find something in aluminum that's recyclable uh just like really look at each product you're buying with a different outlook of like how will this litter impact the environment i guess is my best advice as well yeah don't litter (laughs) (laughs) the litter patrol will get you i'm always that's all i have well was great thank you yeah yeah, no problem. I, I enjoyed doing this one. It was a lot of fun. I this hope everyone of, else enjoyed it. Yeah, this is uh, kind of an under-the-radar one that mm-hmm. you know a lot of people probably aren't even aware of this, this certification, this marketing. Like, I kind of – I've seen it, like I said, in, in Starbucks cutlery, but, like, I never saw it yep. marketed in the store or anything. But this is um, very interesting, and it's, it kind of – Helps you understand what's actually happened surrounding this uh, this kind of technology. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I was truthfully surprised when I saw a lot of this stuff. I just again want to thank everyone for listening. Um, as always, follow us on our socials. Zach will have those posted in. Those are the show notes. The show notes, as always. As always. Follow us. Interact with us. We've gotten a few interactions so far. We got actually an episode idea. We won't spoil it quite yet. (laughs) Uh, And then I was just going to urge people, if you're still listening, send me a picture on either one of our socials of a biodegradable product or something like that. Yeah. And we can go through those and judge how uh, <laughs> well <laughs> the label is made. We will rag on the company incessantly. <laughs> so thanks everyone for listening and have a good rest of your day. Talk to you next time. The label compostable is not the same thing as sustainable. In a 2018 report, researchers at the Oregon Department of Environmental Quality examined 18 years of life cycle assessment studies on the environmental impact of compostable food service wear and found that 76% of the time, the compostable food service wear had a higher environmental impact than the non-compostable packaging. Higher environmental impact. Higher environmental impact. Higher environmental impact. Higher environmental impact.